0: Welcome to Pod Save Africa. 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 Welcome. Hello, welcome back to Pod Save Africa. It's your host, Akian Diaz, and I'm here with my fellow co host, Lauren Kassala. And we're going to be discussing Chad. 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 That, Chad, 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 Chad. Not that guy you went to college with that always wore the word "chad." But we're talking about the country in West Africa, just north of Nigeria, and left lake, the popular and famous Chad. So we're going to be discussing Chad. I actually wonder if the name Chad, the country, was the country Chad and the lake Chad maybe after Chad. Mm.
1: Mm. I think big. the country is named after the lake. That's usually the case.
0: Okay, and was the, who was the lady I don't know. Okay, well, we're going to leave that up to us at PubSaver, as we still and you guys can figure that out so and let us know who, who was the first child, who was the chicken, and oh, yeah. We're going to dive into the country's current events and discuss it in a historical perspective of what the country has been through over the past couple of decades, pre and since its independence. Um, I think a good place to start, though, going to be to discuss kind of the four on one on where the countries are now and why we're even having this conversation in the first place.
1: Right. Um, so, if you are uh, an avid part listener, you probably already know some of these details, but the long time presidents, you know, one of those presidential lives, just Jerry recently um, nice. passed away at the age of 68 years old after ruling for about 30 years. In fact, he had just recently won his sixth term on the 19th of April um, and then died a day later. So you might be wondering, how did he die? Um, well, the story is that he went to visit the Chadian soldiers who were fighting against. a um, a rebel group called FACT, F-A-C-T, which stands for, and this is a good chance for me to use my French, Front pour la tonance et la concorde au Chad. So, which in English translates to Front for Change and Concord in Chad. So, like I mentioned, he went to visit the Chadian soldiers as he is often known to and unfortunately that led to his untimely death um so another detail you might be wondering about is how has this president managed to rule for 30 years first of all why are you even wondering that this is the african Africa, like, Africa. that should not even that's something you, know what you just Africa. accept but it was, it was. <laughs> but anyways the details are that chad has an unlimited five-year presidential term so what that means is that you can have as many five-year terms as you like. So if I roll this first five years, the next five years I can roll as many five-year terms as I can and and that's essentially what um, former president Idris Derby um, successfully did for the for the past 30 years up until um, late last month. Now after his untimely death, the military government in Chad, has um, appointed his son, 37-year-old son, who was a general in the army as the current transitional leader and president of the Republic of Chad. Akeli, would you like to give us some information about the military um, group in Chad, The why the president may have gone to visit, what was going on at the time, why they were fighting against this rebel group?
0: or sure, sheriff- for sure so as my wonderful co-host just mentioned you know Mr. Jebby has done the 6 P back to back to back to back to back to back and he's been president for 30 years and there are some rumbling rumors uh, things in the grapevine that maybe this was actually kind of a quite cool right he went to visit the army and somebody just you know snuck a bullet from a gun into his uh, back pocket and you know he's, he's, he's done he's done done done, and somebody else gets to take power um, we're still there you know of course Allegedly, a little bit, a little bit. We're still, you know, his son is you know, now present. So it makes things, you know, look, look all, all harsh. Uh, but actually, what a lot of people don't know is that Chad actually has a hero, Boston strong military. And Mr. Jeffy has basically maintained his power in the country as many leaders before him by basically having a strong military. Um, he and actually supported through France, supported by France, have maintained and developed their military over very, very, very many years. And they've been currently, they're one of the strongest militaries in the region, part of the country. They've been involved in battling, you know, jihadist influence from ISWAP, from Boko Haram, And he's built his the army basically to, to to protect his position as president. And then he was a key ally to many other countries in the region, fighting against terrorist groups, as i just mentioned. You know, just at a high level, the army's well-financed, they're powerful, you know, they make up about half of Chad's budget, so you you can just imagine that, you know. I mean, Chad would have half of his budget as the military, like if there was a Chad person. Anyways, moving on from that that analogy. Um, So, you know, kind of looping back to this contextually, a lot of people would ask, you, hey, why, why is this the case, you know, why is this Army so strong, you know what is the context within which you know Chad has become the way it is. So starting at the very top, I'm going to give you a very, very, very brief and quick. I promise, maybe not, maybe a little bit history of Chad. All right, so they gained the independence in 1960. Idea for for the for, the, for the, they gained the independence in 1960, much like uh, their neighboring country. Nigeria, but this time instead from from the French. Um, at the time, they were being led by Francois Baye, who was a teacher and union activist, um, and he led the country for a very long time. Um, the country, unfortunately, at the time he was uh, 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 from the Christian south of the country, um, but during his presidency, uh, he somehow managed to uh, what's the word marginalize the Muslim no- Muslim north of the country, and it started, you know, a lot of uh, dissatisfaction of his rule which eventually evolved into an insurgency that later became a civil war. And in nineteen around nineteen sixty nine, actually in nineteen seventy one, uh there was an attempted coup against him. That attempted coup was tied to, you know, our best dead friend, Mohammed Kaddafi, Um and, you know, of course if somebody attempts to the time funds, the funds, an attempt to kill you. You know, you, you're probably not friends with them. So he severed ties with uh, severed ties with Gaddafi at the time. Um, and then in 1975, and another coup happened, and he was killed. And his body was uh, buried by army officers that that, that that took over. And notably, French forces did not intervene at all because this was a it was kind of a kind of a sort of public event. You know, the, the army kind of went after him. We killed him in the capital and apparently buried his body, uh, in, some people argue on, on, on no location some people argue his body was buried elsewhere um, anyways, you know, right after that you know, that's you know, nineteen sixty, late 1960s, 1970s um, you know, then uh, another another uh, 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 military government started, led by Felix Malum um, called, continued the war against the insurgents right, so you know, he was like, you know, i, I you know, I'm I going gotten this guy out of here, but you know, we're still not friends with you insurgents. Um, so they were, they were, you know, they continued to fighting. Um, Libre, of course, continued to intervene. France continued to intervene in various ways. Um, the rebel groups continued to, you know, fracture into little parts and pieces. Um, and you know, the fighting continued to get worse. Um, Malum ended up stepping down in March 1979. Um, and a bunch of different things happened, and the country has kind of. Big, large, at the large front a large point, had a fairly violent history for um, decades post-1979, I mean, uh, that's 20 years post-independence. Uh, post then in 1978, uh, Chad and Libya actually went into war. The Chadian and Libyan, they call it conflict. Um, Libya in, inva- invaded, um, and the French military inter- intervened. It was actually kind of interesting, because Libya was supporting a lot of the insurgent, insurgent uh, uh, faction. And more funding them in a variety of ways and giving them guns, et cetera, et cetera. And then Libya actually invaded the north of the country. And all of them were like, whoa, 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 nobody like this is like, I mean, you can support us, but like invading the actual country. So actually a lot of the 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 real groups actually banded together and so like with the French were able to get uh get Libya out of the country and, and you know, uh, Mr. Gaddafi took a massive loss in, in what was called the Toyota war. And we can do, we should do an episode on it. We're going to do an episode on the Toyota war. Um, it was really fascinating to we'll talk about that in, in late, later. But at a high level, you know, this is a country who has had, you know, a reason, of course, if any leader who leads that country, of course, wants to have a strong army. We've seen a lot of fighting and fighting rebel groups, you know, it's a fractured country from the geopolitical perspective. Um, and, you know, they've been struggling a lot recently. You know, they, 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 they're bordered on the uh, east with Sudan. And when Sudan was experiencing this crisis, um, a lot of people, the Darfur crisis specifically, a lot of people, a lot of uh, Sudanese refugees actually moved into, into Chad. Um, so they are uh, an already fairly, you know, uh, relatively poor country. Now, had to absorb quite a, a massive chunk of people who are fleeing violence in Sudan. But um in, in the atmosphere of all of that, you know, Mr. Jebi has held on to power by very much maintaining loyalty in his army and maintaining a strong army. Um, apparently his luck ran out. Or maybe maybe yeah, well almost certainly his luck. He's dead, so his luck definitely ran out. Um and now he's uh, now he's he's dead. Um and you know the most recent kind of update is you know the AU initially called for the African Union in shape "For you know, hey, they need to make to the transition to civilian rulership as shape as quickly as possible." Now they're like, "Actually, um, yeah." So actually, how about you give us a little bit on what's what's new? What's going on now?
1: Um. So following the uh, uh, the following his son being put into power, um, what happened is that there were protests on the streets by uh, civilians. Uh, they claimed that it was what was happening was a military coup d'état. Um, but as with many African countries dealing with protests, not in the right way, it was suppressed um, by the military forces. Um, but right now, the the AU, which is the African Union, for those who might not know, um, is calling for a a transition from to a mili- to, to for a peaceful transition to uh, civilian role. So essentially, this. His son, um, Mamat, is expected to only lead for about 18 months. Um, And then they would have a civilian role, meaning that they would have an election process and hopefully choose uh, a leader to represent the country. That is what the African Union is calling for. Um, But we're just waiting to see if that would actually indeed happen. the African Union called for this on Thursday which was a few days following his his death um, he said he says that people think that the military officers um, led by um, President Derby's son seized power but we're hoping that with the urge of the African Union that it actually becomes a civilian role and does not um, move f- form itself into a military role Ruled
0: um, nation. One thing I've always bothered that is like if you're president of another country in Africa, maybe that's things better. Like, how do you fund, Like, how do you? Manage? Like, what do you do? Because I mean, you put out all these statements, and everybody's always going to look at them as kind of good. Cool. But like, what's a good way to enforce good behavior with countries? Because I would imagine instability in Chad makes things difficult for all the other countries regionally. And of course we want to make any but you know what what are your
1: thoughts on like that? How do you manage that? Uh, that's a good question. Um and I mean it would even bring down to the question of is civilian role better than military role? Why? You know, like what would be what would be so bad if um if it continues to be led by Derby son under military role, especially if what, whoever, whichever leader is elected, comes from a military background, they're more than likely going to lead with that same type of mindset, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, that's a good question and one I don't think I can answer. Full. Honestly, quite, a
0: tough one. but one for many leaders to to to, mm-hmm. to think about and talk about. Uh, like organizations, I guess, always get disturbed for being used. like you know, somebody else in the back is another country. You don't just like shoot Nigeria threats, oh we'll engage you if you don't handle the vote know, like, No, we're not gonna do that. Right. Um, and then you still need the LIC for fighting against Boba um, and any other intelligence. So it's definitely a political tightrope to war. And I feel like everything goes go is that. That is the one of the bigger really revolution of of managing countries. Uh, and, and to your point on, you know, what rule is better. You have people who have largely for the I mean, 30 years, that's you know, multiple generations that have only seen one president and their understanding of what democratic rule looks like is one they are basically ruling them in character and, and you know quite frankly, in most ways not doing a particularly fantastic job at it. So in their minds, you know, whatever the satisfaction they have with what they consider as democracy, they're probably saying to themselves so like, actually we should try this new, like, you know, maybe this military thing will work for them. However, you know, the people the people who are in the streets protesting um, and saying they want to go there. Really? Yeah, well, we definitely want somebody else, but we don't want you guys to take over because military rule of course doesn't um, and, and uh, don't you find it like suspicious that like that they they basically you know kill them one month after the election so they have to wait you know another 18 months before they watch like it's the furthest it's the time that is the time that gives them the I didn't say the mother allegedly he may have the murdered basically <laughs> with it you know, like the most full time for you know the you know whatever. May have committed to entrench themselves as much. I'm not going to. You know, I hate to be speculative like this, but a lot of the intelligence we receive about suggests that maybe you know that, that there's something that may not be as as descriptive as it should be. Like, how does the president get to that? Like this is my ride on the horse, forced into battle at the front, like at the front lines. Like it, it is such an exceptionally weird occurrence that you know if, if you're not paying attention to it, you probably should
1: right and um it's an interesting question because why his son that was that was one of the thoughts for me when I saw the headline of his son being appointed as a transitional leader um and it's so a question I haven't found the answer to yet why not perhaps maybe the second highest um the person that got the second highest votes like why was that call made um I, I believe his son was the leader of the army and so, perhaps, maybe that's one reason, but why is and I I don't quite have the answer to that.
0: Um, um, yeah,
1: and from sorry, what I know, sorry. And from what I know, there is no political position for vice president of Chad, I believe, um, and perhaps maybe that's why the vice president. Mm-hmm is not do not um take over
0: yeah 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 Yeah. it's i think we come with a lot of assumptions about like democracy and how advanced it is in very many countries of course is a very young country and even more so when you consider like it's like 20 years or more in a variety of civil conflicts in one way or another like and then you'd (laughs) be like you have to consider that to a great degree, like they are just now starting to focus on the democracy building parts of mm-hmm. it. And of course it's given primarily by international expectations or at, you know, expectations of what countries should look like. But to, like mm-hmm. many countries don't have things as robust as like a well, you know, all succession order or well defined succession order. Like even in advanced countries like the US like there's so many things that's each and every presidency exposes us oh actually maybe we should make laws to fix this or to cover for this um so democracies are always evolving so I give I give some credits to countries that are still working through it and understand that some of the issues are involved like not having a, a defined succession process um I give that you know I, I'm okay with that or at least I, I understand why that is. that's a better way to understand why that why that is. Yeah. So, what are your predictions for what what happens next in Chad?
1: Um, my predictions are not optimistic. I'll be honest. I, I can I can kind of see the current transitional leader not wanting to let go of the power, um, and there not being a smooth transition, if any. Um, I kind of see everybody losing like losing focus on Chad, not not paying any attention. And then in a couple of years, we look back, I'm like, oh, they have military role and things are not going well. (laughs) Haha. Whoa, whoa, what happened there? Meanwhile, it was right under our noses from the start. Um, Now, I I don't have all the facts to back that up, but that's that's my current prediction. What's yours?
0: Oh, man, Um, I think there will be a transition kind of not dissimilar to your points, then there'll be a transition to if a a, a civilian role but ruled by people who are former military people and in a couple of years it will eventually become, you know will eventually become civil actual civilian people as the civilian power base starts to expand. Um but hopefully, I mean hopefully they can figure out table I mean at the end of the day you want people that can take the country forward and, and right. make it a um, the military has overwhelming influence I mean, in the country, as we've seen over and over again. But um, hopefully things proceed in the right way. I'm optimistic. Of course, I'm all in position on the African continent and the country, and communities within us, but I um, do also understand that some of these things have So that
1: part of Africa, that ends our, our episode. Um, d- delivering and giving you an update, a synopsis of what's been going on in Chad over the past couple of months and what to look out for. Um, but please continue to, you know, do your own research, continue to pay attention. I think it's very important because as Kelly mentioned during the call, typically what happens in one African country tends to affect not just neighboring countries, but the rest of the continent as well. Um, and this is this would be a good example of of that. So with that, we bid you farewell and um, we we look forward to continuing to delivering more content. Um, before we go, do we do have an announcement that I don't believe we've shared on the podcast itself, but recently we added quizzes to our website. So if you go to our website, saveafricapod.com, it gives you a chance to, you know, test your knowledge of the African continent, have some fun figuring out some details, you know, things like that. Um, we have quizzes like uh, on on like, do you know which flag belongs to which African con- uh, country? We have quizzes on presidents. So um, some more fun facts about pres- presidents and um, country leaders from around the continent and we'll be updating it as as often as we can currently have i believe three three or four quizzes out but the plan is to continue pumping it out um, and just creating that because one thing we like to do is of course to pass along knowledge and make sure that we are as informed as can be so please check that out and let us know your thoughts please reach out to us through email at gmail.com on any of our social media platforms as well, which we'll be including in the details for this podcast. And as always, please rate, review, like, subscribe, um, leave us any comments, and we will talk to you next time.